1: Here it is, Chair Shot Radio coming to you on a Monday. Hello, everyone. This is your good friend Patrick O'Dowd hanging out with his buddy David Ungar for this July 5th edition of Chairshot Radio on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Hope everyone had a terrific 4th of July. You know, politics aside, Dave, it's probably my second favorite holiday. It used to be
0: my favorite or one of my favorites when I was a kid. Cause like, I mean, the 4th I grew up in Washington, DC. So obviously the 4th of July, oh, of so course, yeah. a huge deal there, especially the fireworks show. Right. Um, and Wimbledon was always going on. I mean, and when I was, you know, I mean, Borg McEnroe was that, that final that, that, that they still show to this day as the greatest final of all time really kind of turned me on to tennis, but as I've gotten older and have dogs now, it's like
1: not so much fun anymore. Yeah. It's so tough for, for families with pets and, and I was never a firework guy as a kid growing up, like Illinois growing up in Illinois, really was one of the states with like really restrictive firework laws. Like you could have like sprinklers, those little ash snake things. And like the in the ground sparkler stuff like you like bottle rockets weren't allowed when i was a kid they were allowed when my parents were a kid and then like lawmakers took them all away roman candles weren't allowed like none of this stuff was legal so like we never really went firework shopping very much and therefore but for me like there like the spectacle of like the fireworks display on the 4th of July like i can't can't deny it. i get wrapped up on it and cookouts and and spending time with my family my hometown i think like any other hometown like our park was hopping for the entire if it was on a weekend for the entire weekend whether with carnival games and there was always a little league tournament uh, on that that weekend that was so fun i got to umpire a little league tournament of a few times when i was a teenager things like that so it was just a lot of fun and i hope that people had a good time enjoying their holiday. And probably, I don't know about you, I have the day off today because because of the way our state works. So I I don't even have to work today. So I hope you're listening to us on a day off, everyone, as we are going to talk about what we are planning to be presumptive fireworks tonight in the city of Tampa Bay. Uh, and then we're also after the commercial break, we're going to revisit uh, our uh, a little trip to college athletics as another bombshell dropped and the floodgates have opened. And I just want to talk about what we've seen this past week with college athletes. But before we get into any of that. I am going to do our first uh, little commercial break and remind you that if you love Chair Shot Radio, if you love what we do on thechairshot.com, then head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in a Chair Shot t-shirt. We have over 20 designs for folks to choose from, everything from OG Chairshot.com logos to various shirts representing programs such as Bandwagon Nerds, Dave and I's other show that you'll hear later on today, um to sayings and popular phrases from the shows like hashtag journalism everybody hates Craig you can get your shirt in standard style for $19.99 or if you're feeling fancy spend a few dollars more get it soft style and you know just represent the brand you love it is the best way to support us and to make sure that we continue to put out quality content every single day on thechairshot.com again that site is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot now that i've gotten that all out of the way we're going to talk some hockey dave So fireworks in Tampa Bay tonight or do the Canadians find some pride and at least win one game because folks, this series is over the the game. Game four is tonight. I, I I remember we were talking about game three. You were like, I think it's going to be a sweep. And I was like, no, no, maybe there'll be some puck luck or something. And no. And then. Two minutes into the first period of game three, Tampa Bay's up two to nothing. Montreal got a get, got a goal to get back into it. You blink again in the second period. They're down four to one. We get a final of six to three. It's, this series is over. There's, it's it's exactly what I said would happen. There's just too much talent on Tampa Bay's side, and they are not letting Montreal catch them off guard.
0: No, and, Anybody listening last week knows that I uh, I picked Montreal. Pat picked Tampa Bay. Congratulations in advance. Congratulations PC oh, Tampa to on back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in advance barring something absolutely astronomically miraculous taking place. Yeah, this um I just so many th- there were a lot of things that had to go right for Montreal to stay in this series. Uh, and and the most important was Carey Price had to be Carey Price like he had been in the first three series, and he has not been. I mean, there's been some questionable goals. There's been, uh, you know, and and any time you see teams make the reason why I, I kind of messaged you and said I think this series is over is because of what happened in Game Two when you give up the go ahead goal with point three seconds left, and then yeah, this- and then we've seen it at least three or four times in the playoffs a critical miscommunication between defender and goalie and how it backfires. It killed the caps. It killed, I forget who, somebody else in another series, I think Vegas. Yeah, it killed Vegas against Montreal. Same thing. And here, uh, it killed Montreal against, you know, I'm not sure they would have scored to tie it up, but at least they had a shot. Right. And they dominated game two. And when you dominate a game like Montreal did in game two and you can't win, then that's yeah. that's telltale and and i mean and going home i really thought that you know I, I i didn't like their chances i thought they'd be competitive but and i don't know about you but i thought they were only going to have 3500 fans there yesterday it looked like a lot
1: more than that to me um yeah but it still looked sparse like that was right. the thing and, and then you learned that they wouldn't open up more tickets by the way this this tweet was shared uh with with me uh, and I sent it into our personal chat. Did can you believe the going prices for single tickets at in the resale market? Did Did you read those prices? Because I, I got them in front of me. I'm go, I'm going to read no, a couple. Like like buying a like somebody compared it to buying a Honda Civic. Yeah. Do you want to buy a? Do you want to go to the game tonight or buy a new Civic? Twenty two thousand three hundred twenty four twenty, I mean, it's twenty-two dollars to $24,000 for seats. That's how big of a deal and how hot of a ticket this was for Canada. And that's the thing about this is the will was is there for the fans. They won it so badly. And I, for one, as much as I called Tampa Bay, I don't think, you know, I called Tampa Bay winning this but not like this man I didn't want to see him go down like this I wanted it to be a good series I said last week I was like oh it's going to be a good series I think it's going to be competitive but I think talent wins out I thought talent would win out like by game 6 we're we're at game 3 and I like you're DOA yeah. and that locker room in Montreal they've got to pick each other up that's the only way that that's all they've got left and
0: right I mean and if they if they can win game 4 and I mean In hockey, it can happen. We've seen it happen a few times. It's very, very, very rare. But we've seen it happen twice in, like, the last 15 years, I think. If I remember, Philly did it and the Kings did it. So it can – I mean, and it only only takes is a little bit of momentum swinging back in your direction.
1: this team was a game away from elimination yes. too. They were down 3-1 to Toronto at the beginning of the at the beginning of the right. playoffs. So it's not like they haven't been there before, right? But they haven't been able <laughs> but to control this isn't the- Toronto. This no. isn't this isn't a team that's going to shit the bed. No, like ex- Toronto shit the bed.
0: Right. This is an experienced team. I mean, Vasilev- Vasilevsky last night showed a little bit of humanity. He let in some kind of softies too, which if you're Montreal, if you're looking for anything to hang your hat on, you say, "Hey, look, he let in a couple of shitty goals too. Maybe that gives us something." But they haven't controlled the blue line. They haven't controlled the power play, which they needed
1: to, it like they had. Uh, ah. You know, Tampa, Tampa,
0: Tampa does something. Tampa's
1: played them. Sorry, Tampa's kind of played them defensively the way Montreal right. had been playing well, everybody else defensively. And if
0: you look at the difference between Tampa and Toronto and Vegas, and it was evident in Game 1, and uh, guys were commenting on it in Game 1, was that Tampa Bay is willing to get into the crease and take the abuse of the Montreal defensemen in order to create screens right. and deflections. And Vegas Vegas wasn't willing to do that. Toronto wasn't willing to do that. Tampa's like, oh yeah, we're fine doing that. We've been doing that for years. This is a very, very experienced playoff battle-tested right. team that is the defending champions who have been up against dynasties. Of their, they've been up against the Penguins. They've been up against the Caps. They've been blown out by Columbus in the upset of the century. So this is a team that nothing phases them. I really thought Montreal had seen everything that you could throw at them, but obviously I was wrong because Tampa's got a physical presence that I didn't think they would be able to, you know, it it is, it's, it is skill over will, but the will of Tampa Bay has been understated in this series and they are just imposing their will on Montreal and the Canadians really don't have, I mean, Carey price had to be magnificent and he's been fairly average and that's really the story of the series and, and that's
1: and that's unfortunate okay one word answer yes or no do the habs get this series back to tampa bay no i'm going to say yes i'm going to say they find a way i think we're i think come next monday we're celebrating tampa bay anyway and not talking about a game 7 obviously but I think that I think they find a way, and Tampa Bay closes it out in Game Five, uh, in Florida. So I hope you're that's right. Fiction. I hope you're I right do, I just I, and this is probably a heart overhead thing. Like I want, I just want to see because the sweep is such a disappointing for what I think it was into what I think has been a great not only run for Montreal, but I, I think it has been a really fun Stanley Cup playoff to watch this year. I think we've had really good series outside of Colorado and St. Louis. And so to see this to be the egg that gets laid outside of that first round flub is a little disappointing. I've lived.
0: Yeah. I've lived this with the caps in 98 with that great run that they went on, got to the finals against a dominant Detroit team going for a back-to-back title. They got swept and they should have won game two. They had game two and they blew it and they never recovered. So, yeah, I feel right. your pain, Montreal. Believe me. Yeah.
1: Last fun factoid that happened as a result of Game 3, Victor Hedman scored a goal. And that goal was a historic goal. Do you remember why? No. Because Victor became the first player in NHL history to score a goal in all 12 months of a year. <laughs> In, in all 12 calendar months. How crazy is that? And that only happens, frankly, that only happens because of the pandemic, right? right? Because right. the season being goofy. Right. But Victor Hedman is now a trivia factoid that you could see on Jeopardy.
0: And hopefully a record that will never be broken or tied. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> cool. So next week, we definitely anticipate celebrating the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe we'll see if we can get PC Tani on for for the Chair Shot Radio to celebrate his team.
0: Dude, it's going to be a double our, celebration for him because the Bucks are a game away from the finals.
1: There you go. And, uh, I don't know, I mean, we don't really talk basketball here. This is a this is hockey, hockey talk. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for this week's run of the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, overview, Stanley Cup finals. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then Dave and I are going to talk all of the craziness that happened this week in college Sports, the NCAA. Floodgates have opened. You're listening to ChairShot Radio on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for
0: by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's Angry Lemonade.
1: Okay. Welcome back. So last week on our Monday edition of chair shot radio, Dave and I spent a good amount of time talking about a very narrow focused Supreme court decision in regards to the NCAA and compensation to athletes in regards to academic amenities. Well, in the way I, and I definitely feel like in the wake of this decision, the NCAA recently made an announcement that beginning July 1, so at this point about four days ago, that they weren't really going to stand in the way of name, image, and likeness endorsement deals being made by student-athletes. Now, there is a caveat to this. Um, It is really dependent upon state legislatures and what they've put forward for athletes to be compensated. And with, with, I think, the biggest catch being in regards to the universities themselves being a part of nil um paraphernalia so for example david ungar is a star athlete at the university of arizona wants to put a shirt out um, with his face on it depending on the state you might not be able to put the university's logo on there or there may need to be ways around that and i'm going to get to this in a second that already people are finding ways around that uh, or, or at least there's legislation that networks around that. But, you know, I, I, everybody here knows I'm a big fan of the university of Illinois. The state of Illinois was one of the f- uh, four, they weren't one of the first States to draw up name, image, and likeness legislation, but they created one of the most sort of broad sweeping NIL legislation out there to where players for our athletes for, for various college colleges can make some serious bank. And when midnight of July 1st hit the floodgates opened and it was like midnight tweets left and right. I am proud to partner with this. Uh, cameo is a big one. I've seen people on, um, uh, various like kind of like Twitch, um, or other sort of streaming sites where you can play video games with your favorite athletes. Uh Buddy Bayheim put out a has already put out a shirt and he got a workaround. He's it's Buddy Buckets, but he's got the Syracuse logo on there. Uh, Diddy, what is it? Is it was it Diddy's kid? The Master P. Master P's son just inked a deal with Web Apps America for two million dollars. This guy is an incoming freshman at Tennessee State. Inked a two billion dollar deal. Dave players make it bank yeah i'm looking at
0: the um the girls from fresno state the basketball team the twins who just i mean literally i mean they've got a massive social media following like millions of followers i'm like right <laughs> i mean fresno fresno's like i i used to go there like once a week before the pandemic shut everything down it's like god i never heard of the girls before uh i guess twin sisters for well, the they're, basketball they're,
1: they're, women. they're uh, women they can vote
0: oh i know <laughs> But I'm just saying I hadn't heard of them before, but I guess they're really good uh, on the Fresno State basketball team. But yeah, they're cashing in. Everybody's cashing in. I was watching um, what was it? Jalen Rose and Vince Carter were talking about the Fab Five and 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 how you know Jalen Rose uh, is like
1: oh god. Well, Chris said it, too. Weber said if if that was around when he was in college, he would not have gone pro. When he went pro, he would have come back another and year. That's
0: and that's a huge thing that maybe flying under the radar here is that if you're going to get comp a lot of the co- especially basketball not so much football because a lot of guys stick around for the duration but basketball the one and right. done stuff like kentucky y- you may not need you may not have to worry about that so much if people know hey if i go to college i'm gonna get paid maybe not like a, the the pros of course but i'm still gonna get you know, some monetary compensation and get these good deals and and maybe i'll stick around here for a while and that's an unintended but beneficial byproduct of all of this.
1: Well, and what's really interesting to me is that because this is in the hands of state legislatures right now, and what they actually have as laws passed, I'm I am seeing this with my beloved Illini impacting recruiting in two different ways. Um, there's no guarantee, so Illinois is in a recruiting battle with four, three other schools for a top tight end now this guy is being recruited by iowa iowa state illinois and auburn iowa does not have nearly as beneficial a name image and likeness legislation as in they have no name image and likeness le- legislation versus illinois and uh, alabama and of course i mean auburn of course yeah, auburn. is or is, yeah, Auburn. Aren't they in Alabama? Am I wrong? They are. They are. Yeah, state of Alabama, not the school. I got of Alabama. you. Okay. But both of those, both of those states have been like, "Yep, we're on board. Sign us up. We're gonna do this." And so now the rumor is that this guy—it's a battle between Illinois and Auburn—and it's based on the marketability of your name, image, and likeness, and what kind of money you can earn. So Illinois, which is not a top tier school in college football. Like they are trying to build themselves, have gone all in on embracing NIL so that so that it and it makes them more marketable and more welcoming to players and makes it a destination where players can look at it legitimately and be like, you know what? I can go here and make some great money versus Iowa, which is one of the concerns you talked about last week about the haves and the have nots. And so some of these other states if the NCAA is going to continue to drag its feet and wait for a national legislation, they're, they're going to have to make a decision or it's going to hurt their college programs. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I think I'm just saying it just, what you say adds
0: a, a variable dynamic to the whole recruiting process that now it's not so much. I mean, it is let's, let's not kid each other when you're looking at, do I want to go play for Auburn, which is continuously in the hunt for national championship or Illinois? Who's not. Um, That's a factor. But if you're also going to tell me Absolutely. that, wait, I can make more money through a variety of avenues by going to Illinois as opposed to Auburn, then that gives Auburn a, at least a sword to fight with that they otherwise wouldn't have. I
1: mean, it, Illinois, it's, it's Illinois, Illinois, is sword. Yeah, yeah, Illinois
0: you're right. Yeah. Um, it, And it's no different than like the state, all this, like no one wants to live in California anymore and people are leaving here because the state income tax is ridiculous. And now right. you get the same kind of thing in college sports. Well, which state offers me the best compensation package for my NIL right. on top of what scholarship I'm not going to get, you know, what's my role in the team going to be, is the team competitive Am I am going for a championship. So now you've got another factor thrown in there that a lot of these other schools, you know, can now, can now, you know, leverage to try and get a better recruit where they otherwise wouldn't have a shot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the converse of what I was just talking about there with Illinois is happening on the basketball front because their second-team All-American big man, Kofi Coburn, entered the NBA draft, said he was going pro. A week ago was like, I'm in it for good. Middle of the week this Mm -hmm. week on July 1st, the deadline for when you needed to say whether or not you were entering the transfer portal to maintain your eligibility for this coming season, Coburn announced that he was staying in the NBA draft, but was entering his name into the transfer portal so that he could see what would be the best options for him monetarily. Now that doesn't take Illinois out of the running, but the assistant coach that recruited him and coached him and basically raised him as a college basketball player has moved over to Kentucky. So all of the buzz is that he's going to go to Kentucky, that he's being actively recruited by Kentucky, and that Kentucky might have more to offer him, not only with who he's comfortable with with being coaching, but name, image, and likeness. And so it, it is it is going to create the free agency that everybody's talked about. It's a big deal. And as the athletic director for the University of Illinois put it, they're still building the plane while they're taking off of the runway. We're still learning yeah. about what the parameters really mean. And, you know, there's, pl- there, we're talking six, some players, maybe even seven figures. If you're, if your footprint is big enough, if you're a big time enough athlete, um, down to, you know, players making 25 bucks for an autographed photo. And so the, the last point I want to make, because I'm in favor of this, get paid because athletes, People who make the argument, well, you get an education for free and a place to live. You know jack and shit about what an athlete's life is like and what they can actually do.
0: How much money is that university making off of that free education?
1: Exactly. The, The university's loss for a fucking scholarship versus their profit off of a player's name, image, and likeness. And I always go to Johnny Manziel or Tim Tebow. Can you imagine what kind of money those guys would have been able to make in college football when they were the it guys of college football? They wouldn't have had to not they wouldn't have had to fail at professional football, right? Because it would have made all this money. Like Tebow jerseys went off the shelves like crazy. Florida logo number just no name, and everybody knows that that's Tim Tebow's jersey. They don't buy it for the Florida logo. I mean, that's part of it, but they buy it because it was Tim Tebow. Johnny Manziel and his number, same thing at Texas a and So don't tell me that these players don't have a right to earn money off their name. And here's the thing. It's not costing the taxpayers a dime. It's not costing the university a dime. There's nothing. The, the university is not paying them any more than they've already previously compensated the players. And, so I mean, shut
0: up. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and here's. Here, yeah, the dogs dog, agree the dogs it. agree but here's a, here's another thing is that you know the life of an athlete their their prime earning years are very limited you know they don't have a long time so if you want to compensate some of these guys for taking the ass whipping that they take in college on top of their pro career why not i mean they they their window is very very limited a lot of people like my wife doesn't understand why they get paid so much and i'm like well you know when you're talking a career that your prime years are 10 years as opposed to 40 or 50 yeah you got to cash in while you can so i'm i'm all in favor of it i like the idea of what's going on i like seeing i i mean it adds a lot of complexity to the whole thing but sure let let these let these kids yeah. cash in i mean trevor lawrence That's... would have made a boatload last year i mean oh, like you're God. you're can talking you you're talking like the guys with the seven figure, you know, deals and that sort of thing. And, and and those are guys who'd have to stick around for like three or four years in school to be able to get that. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence is a guy I look at and say, yeah, you lost that on a lot there, pal.
1: Here's my, here's my last thought. Final thought on this before we go away and where this is good for college athletics, basketball, you talked about college basketball. If a player, cause this is, this is the Kofi Coburn situation. Kofi Coburn is not going to get drafted. He did he he was invited to the G League camp. He did okay, but all it did was showcase what he's really good at and that he has some serious deficiencies in his game to where he's not a pro-level basketball player. If this had been five, six, seven, eight years ago, not even five, if it had been two decades ago, you know, the nineties, maybe the eighties, he would be a top draft pick, a la Shaquille O'Neal. Big seven-foot guy, presence in the post ball lives through the post. That pro game doesn't exist anymore. Kofi, as much as I love this guy and was proud to have him on his team, his his limitations on the perimeter were were glaring. It's part of the reason why Illinois fizzled out in the second round against Loyola Chicago because they were able to defend knowing that he wasn't a threat on the perimeter to shoot, knowing that he was not a good defender on the perimeter. So he gets that feedback, knows that he's most likely if he's going to pursue an NBA career, maybe go to the G League, might not even get the two-way contract, but name, image, and likeness, he can make money, support his family improve his game try to improve his stock and at least give him another shot Mm. and i think you're going to see this with a lot of players who are going to be a little more willing to go back to college if the nil money is there versus the g league money you're not going to get everybody yeah but it's i think it's going to a lot of these borderline guys like this is good for college basketball it'll make college basketball a more compelling game so that that's that's it folks like i name image and likeness I, this is a long time coming and there's going to be more to come and at some point i'm sure there's going to be a parameter and limitation set to it but right now it's the wild west and it's a fun freaking roller coaster wild west indeed, right. man right that's going to do it for this week's edition uh, this monday edition of chair shot radio before we get out of here david Ongar, tell everybody where to find us Or find you.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression.
1: And you can find me at Wrestling Realist, that is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on the Twitter. Be sure to listen to Chair Shot Radio every Monday through Friday, bright and early at 6, 7 a.m., whenever you wake up. Later on today, you will catch Dave and I again on Bandwagon Nerds. I was really excited to record this episode. Have a... Fun little surprise in store, and Dave doesn't know what it is because we're recording this before Bandwagon Nerds is dropped. So be sure to tune in. I'm excited for this episode. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you later on this afternoon on Bandwagon Nerds. But for now, this has been Chairshot Radio, part of the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.